When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so this is the guy on YouTube that I was talking about. And he's with Ellen right now, and she is holding up signs that have words on oh, it, wow. and he's wrapping. This is the Ellen DeGeneres one. I had to make yeah. sure it was clean, bro. I had to make sure it was clean. Yeah. Well, here, here's what's crazy. I, what's most entertaining about it is the reaction of those that end up on the page with him or in the chat or whatever it is, and they have no idea what's going on or who he is. He just asks for the random words. And it's incredible. I, I grew up, and I don't know how you were with hip-hop. I used to love hip-hop. I don't listen to it as much anymore, is what it is, but I, I'm in a reggae world, you can call it. But I don't listen to hip-hop as much. But lyricists, like guys that actually, like that art form of, I can take this and make it into, he's telling, if somebody is watching, he's going over, what are they wearing? What's the room look like? And rhyme and everything, it's just incredible. It's good. It's no James Harden, but it's good. No, 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 it's not Harden. And I don't <laughs> I don't ever want to make it like it's James Harden. I mean, let's not, let's not blow this out of proportion. He's doing a nice job, but it's no Harden. Cousin Slee said, I need to credit MZ, MC Supernatural, who created and dominated freestyle rapping. Okay, I just gave the credit. Relax there, okay? I just Jeez. got caught up on a Cousin little Cousin Slee's YouTube. a P1. No, no, he's beyond the P1. Yeah, he's listening all the time. We've met Cousin Slee. He was at the Mandy's One. Yeah, right? Mandy's yeah. One. Oh, I, I did yeah. not meet Cousin Slee. He was a guy that uh, got kicked out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> he introduced wait, himself what? as Cousin Slee. <laughs> Kay looked at me like, what is happened? It, now, is he part of the Travis and Slee community? He or she? Uh, Probably. I'm assuming he is. Yeah, uh, Jorge is basically taking over the Travis and Sliwa community. We haven't done a good enough job promoting, promoting the Travis it, yeah. and Sliwa community. Yeah. This guy, for two years, vote for Jorge, took over the station. So <laughs> <laughs> he has completely he dominated that He did do a strong job stage. with that. Um, okay, so yesterday the trade deadline ends, and I, I guess I, I'll ask you this, and it's tough to put this into words when it comes to the Dodgers. How much blame do you think should go to Andrew Friedman of the trade deadline and the Dodgers not improving their arms? And and listen, however you feel about this, the bottom line is I think what the Dodgers did at the trade deadline will not be enough, period. I just don't think they have enough talent. We just watch in the background here, the Braves are playing the Angels. Atlanta's up 12-5. Now they are probably the class of all of Major League Baseball, so it's probably not the best example. All you got to do is get in and anything can happen. Do you look at the trade deadline and say Andrew Freeman should have done more? It depends. It honestly depends on what he said no to, like where he was not willing to draw a line. Like if there were real opportunities out there that could have made the team better, not just this season, but maybe moving forward, fill some of the gaps that you might be thinking about beyond this season but he was unwilling to do it either because he thought the price the price was too high to look like you won the trade. And I, I say that because Dylan Hernandez, who covers the Dodgers, really covers everybody for the LA Times, yep. he had a really interesting point that he wrote in an article about the deadline and the inaction. And he said, quote, the postseason field was expanded to 12 teams last year, transforming the trade market into more of a seller's market. This is not an environment in which the Dodgers like to operate. 
Friedman's image-sensitive nature demands that they win each and every trade. Friedman is yet to show the willingness to overpay for a player, even if that player would drastically improve the chances of winning a championship. Now, I don't know if, if it's really... Good, it's a really good article it's, from Dylan Hernandez. Yeah, and yep. look, I want to make it clear, because I, I don't know... I don't follow baseball as closely as Dylan does. Yep. I don't know if there were really those type of players truly available for the Dodgers. But if he is correct that one of those type of players could be out there, but Friedman didn't want to do it, not because he didn't think the the player would help the team enough, but because you don't look like you won the trade, that's a bad reason not to do it. Mm -hmm. Winning, like the whole winning the trade, honestly, like that's for people like us to debate about. And while it's a lot of fun and I, I appreciate how much people like to listen to us debate it, the truth is it doesn't matter what we think about it. Mm -hmm. What matters is what ends up happening on the field. And like and sometimes you, it takes years to figure out who right. the hell won the trade. Well, look, you win the trade mm -hmm. if your team did well. Like look at like the Sacramento Kings with okay. the Halliburton Sabonis trade. Great point. All I, the criticism in the beginning. Right. They all, got to the playoffs. Right. All the criticism in the beginning was that the Kings gave up, you know, the younger guy in Halliburton. And yeah. look, do I think on balance, would I rather have Halliburton? Probably because he's younger and it's more of a guard-driven league. But DeMontis Sabonis fits better with the Kings. He's really good. Yeah. He's really, really good. Mm -hmm. You can't – both teams won. Maybe one team won a little more, but both teams won. You don't have to win the trade to win the trade. I, I think what comes out for me, uh, that Dylan Hernandez piece – I've, I've always said this, and this is something that I've had a difficult time wrapping my head around, and Trav, who loves Dodgers baseball more than anybody else and just loves baseball in general, always talks about, hey, the Dodgers are not going to make a bad deal. They're not. That's just not what they do. Andrew Freeman does not make bad deals. I get that, and I'm not promoting go make a bad deal. What I'm saying is you have all this stock in young players that nobody else has. You have the fact that you can spend the amount of money that you can, that you have the amount of talent that you have, that you can offer Mookie and Freddie Freeman. You could do all these things. You could bring up guys through your system like Julio and Will Smith and all that. The fact that you could do all that, and oh, by the way, you got the number one farm system in baseball, I think there are times, like this trade deadline, where it clearly stated you have to overpay a little bit. And if... The perception that I have of the Dodgers is, yes, they dot their I's and they cross their T's. Don't you sometimes have to take a little bit of risk, especially because you have such a farm system, especially because you know you could develop players the way that you can? And I'm, I'm not telling you that there was a certain scenario here. You, you said it a little bit earlier. Who knows if Justin Verlander wanted to be a Dodger? Maybe he didn't. And he had the ability and there's no trade clause to say no. I mean, hell, the Dodgers did make a trade yesterday. They got Eduardo Rodriguez. Who said no? There was 10 teams. Well, he wanted to be closer to his family in Florida from Detroit. From Detroit. Yes. Save you the can't compete with that. Hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save it, maybe Anytime two. you want to make a little jaunt down to Florida from Detroit, like you can't do that in L.A. Listen, what, whatever the reasons were, personal, what, and we'll get into that in just a little bit, but that's the, only, that's the only knock I would have on the Dodgers is you're so buttoned up that at times where it's going to take you being a little bit loose, it's going to take you to say, listen, I don't know. It's not a guarantee if I make this move, what's going to happen? I'm going to come out on top. 
I just I hope that's not something that's holding Andrew Friedman behind because he's got so much that he has to work. Well, with. look, I mean, T Love just hit me up on Twitter at Cam Brothers, and he raised a good point. Andrew Friedman plays a long game, and it's worked for a decade. He wasn't going to mortgage the future for the talent they have this year. Andrew Friedman may have looked at this team and said, "We are multiple players away from being what I consider a legit World Series." Can I tell you why I disagree team. with that? I disagree because they were in the running for Verlander. That there were two teams that, that sure. they were there was I, I think I saw it from Ken Rosenthal whenever it was there was a time over the last let's say forty eight hours where it seemed like hey Verlander could potentially be a Dodger that there was actually conversation to maybe they're one starting pitcher away one ace away from well competing. but they, but Verlander though isn't a rental he'd be around for a couple of years so yep. they may have thought they may have thought Verlander is worth doing this for because insurance that they don't get a Tani you know right. if they lose Julio which right Ex- both exactly could happen. like Verlander is somebody that you could theoretically plan around for the next few years so he may have thought like okay it's worth doing it for him but that's that's not just trying to do it for this season he may feel like we've capped out like we've overachieved this year there's only so long you can overachieve particularly in the playoffs I don't know for sure that's what he's thinking but that would be a reasonable I guess reason for not doing that Mm -hmm. for not going all in if you feel like this is not an all-in team and I could understand why you think it's not an all-in team because nobody expected this team to be a serious contender Mm -hmm. And, and they would have a good idea of okay like how much of this is us? Like, this is really who we are. Yeah. How much of it is we've just been overachieving in an NL that is really wide open? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think mm-hmm. there's, I think there is definitely, <laughs> I think you can make an argument that you can say, hey, they've overachieved. They've also had a lot of bad luck this year and they're still in this position. Sure. That can't, you can also make an argument that Kershaw's going to eventually come back. Julio is eventually going to be Julio. Maybe Bueller. And and Bueller, yeah, I know that that again, that kind of falls into the bad luck. Dustin May falls into the bad luck. They've had bad luck happen this year, and you go look at the standings, it's the Braves and then the Dodgers. Well, look, that gets into the possibility of what you were talking about. And the which Dodgers is being... can win 111 games and get eliminated right away. That in the postseason, you just do everything you can to have the team that you have. I mean, look, that gets back to the idea of what you were talking about, which I think is certainly possible, where they were just being either too cautious, too practical to just say go for it because the Dodgers will go for it in the sense that they'll make big they will make big deals mm-hmm. but they're not a team that says what the f mm-hmm. they don't do that mm-hmm. and there's a real difference um i want to play some sound when we come back so I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Eduardo Rodriguez, who plays for the Detroit Tigers, mm-hmm. was traded to the Los Angeles Shout Dodgers. Out to Keith. Uh traded to the Dodgers and he decides that of his 10 teams, of the 10 teams that he can uh, stop it in his no-trade clause, Andrew Freeman explained what that all, kind of what happened and why it fell through. Uh, we'll do that when we come back. Plus, Cooper Cup yesterday um, had a hamstring injury, and I, I think you already got a lot of questions about the Rams. Imagine them not having the three most important player on their players on their team or one of those players completely healthy. So we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show, 710 ESPN. All right, for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, 
Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, of course, it is the Waba Grill lunch hour here on 710 ESPN. Um, Andy, if you can please yeah, grab the sign there. Uh, thanks to our friends over at Waba Grill. You've got to try Waba Grill's new Asian-inspired Boom Boom Taco Trios. <laughs> With your choice of chicken, ribeye, steak, or shrimp. Had them before. They're amazing. Visit your local Waba Grill location or order online for pickup or delivery at wabagrill.com. Waba Grill. Eat smart. Be healthy. If you hear some noise in the background, it's because Andy <laughs> at 1215 <laughs> has to hold the sign up. There's a Waba Grill boom boom taco sign. Uh-huh. And con- we're contractually obligated for him to spin the taco from 1215 to 1240. <laughs> so he's in the middle of doing that. If you're watching on YouTube, you know what I'm talking about. If you're listening in your car, um, yeah, just open up YouTube. You could see it. It's a lot clearer. Yeah, thank while you. You're driving. Th- thank you, Andy, for doing that. Now just pull over. Pull over to the side and just watch Andy do that. Andy, you could get a quick little rest, but you do have to lift it again at 1222. I'm pacing myself. Yeah, 1222, you got to do it again. I just count. I was going to do... Breathe, uh, dog. <laughs> I was going to do some band work. was breathing hard. There was a little bit of... I was going to do some band workouts this morning, but then I remembered I got the sign. Well, we said it yesterday that you have to have like the handle in the background, and that's when they're spinning it. But then, Jorge, you said that... Do they not have a handle back there? I, that's I'm tape, assuming. man. You put tape, anything Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. You can put a handle. I mean, all right. I didn't know. It's up to you. Like, you modify it. It's your <laughs> sign. <laughs> it's your business. Do whatever you want to I do. I just can't wait to hear that I put the sign back incorrectly. You're going to get a text any moment. I probably now. will. We don't. Okay, but can, can I. Can you see it? Like, can it no, be we seen can. where yeah, it is? It's on YouTube. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, but could I, if I. Before you touched it, it was leaning up a little bit. I know. So right now it's a little bit leaning back, I but I think we got the point across. Um,. Eduardo, uh, I mentioned this or I mentioned this coming in here. Eduardo Rodriguez of the Detroit Tigers had an opportunity to he had a no trade clause, and he's in the it's not the final year of his contract, but he has a player option, so there's a good chance that wherever he ended up, he was going to opt out and go get paid in the summer. Um, he has certainly played, and, and maybe maybe the criticism that I was given towards Andrew Friedman, it could just be as simple as. No, we thought we got another starting pitcher. We thought we had somebody that was going to be able to help. Now, they did sort of address Lance Lynn was one of the pitchers that they got. Um, 
But take a listen here, because this is not too often that something like this happens associated with the Dodgers. Um, and I don't know if this is if we're reading too much into it, but take a listen here to Andrew Friedman and why the deal didn't go down. We didn't expect it at all. We wouldn't know one way or the other. Yeah, we thought with having a lot of his ex-teammates and guys that he's played with that uh, and our place in the standings that we thought we would be very desirable, but obviously for family reasons, uh, you know, we never got a chance to talk to Eduardo. Um, but we talked to his agent numerous times, and you know, we respect that he had this right and he exercised it. Obviously, we would have loved for him to join uh, what we have going here, but you know, it's hard for us to argue with family reasons. Dave Roberts added to it, saying to have a chance to come to a team with guys that he's familiar with on a team that's playing for a championship, it's surprising. He's talking about Eduardo Rodriguez not coming to the Dodgers. Do we read too much into this? Is there anything to – and you were, you've were you kind of made the point a couple times about Verlander. We'll see if there's more details that come out. Um, or is this just one player that – I, look, to me, it's shocking. I don't know what the family circumstance is, so I don't want to make any assumptions, but you got a chance to go play for the Los Angeles Dodgers. You have a chance to play on a on a team that, as high profile as it is, a chance to compete for a World Series, and then, oh, by the way, when you're done, go get whatever money that you want that's in the market for you. I mean, it, it's surprising in the sense that we're not accustomed to hearing about players in any sport use a no-trade clause to block going to L.A. Like, typically, a no-trade, I think, is thought of where you can leverage it to force your way somewhere like L.A., as opposed to preventing going to L.A. Yeah. You know, I mean, I look, I'll be honest. I don't know a thing about Eduardo Rodriguez. Like, I, I know I'm barely familiar with his career, much less who he is as a person. Sure. So I, I can't speculate into or responsibly speculate into, like, what – what he'd find unappealing can you about the Dodgers. Oh, irresponsibly, I can totally do that. I would love that. to be irresponsible. I can absolutely do that. I mean, look, the idea of wanting to be closer to your family sounds ridiculous. His family's in Florida. Mm -hmm. You are, for all intents and purposes, no closer to Florida and Michigan than you are in California. Like, it's an hour and a half longer as a flight, but, like, come yeah. on. I don't know yeah, if I there's... Mean, like, add up an hour and a half. And next <laughs> I mean, there know, could be a layover. You know, I, I don't I know. Mean, I mean... Uh, LAX. I mean, you really want to, you know, just kind of a headache sometimes. Yeah, LAX. I mean, but he could just as easily fly into Burbank or Long Beach like that. Right. Burbank, by the way, if right. he can manage to fly it, really easy. By the way, I fly using LAX all the time. <laughs> I do. I really do. And it's been a long time since I've been in Detroit's airport. Like, I don't know how much more pleasant it is sure, sure. just in and out of Detroit. Yeah. Better food options, maybe. I don't know. Okay, now, I want to... This is something interesting, though. Like, yeah. I, I've thought about this before, and I want to make it clear what I'm what I'm about to bring up. I have no idea if this is about Eduardo Rodriguez or Justin Verlander or anybody. Okay. L.A. is culturally a very different city sure. than a lot of baseball culture. Like, baseball tends to be a very, very conservative, sure. homogenous culture. I mean, look how long it took. We, we always criticize the game of not just being more um, uh, changing the rules and trying right. to just kind of appeal to a different audience. It is and conservative in a lot of different ways. Where do you, what do you want to talk about as a sport when it comes to change within itself? Okay. I think culturally it is conservative. I think to some degree politically it's conservative. Mm -hmm. 
I have wondered before if LA, because of that, is a less appealing city to some players than it would be in other sports. Hmm. I have no idea if I'm actually onto something or not, but it's something that I've wondered before. As far as Rodriguez specifically with the Dodgers or Verlander specifically with the Dodgers, if it turns out he would have invoked the no trade clause if it got that far, I have no idea. Hmm. I just know that it's unusual. And when you bring that up at a time where it was a seller's market to begin with, yeah, there weren't, let's be honest, there was not much, it seems like, for Andrew Friedman to really do. To work with? I mean, how many big names moved? It was Verlander and it was Scherzer. Scherzer. Mm-hmm. And they were both on a team that nobody expected yeah. to be And the only sellers. other big name, Rich Hill. <laughs> and the Padres got him, baby. You know what I mean? Like, they're... There was not much of a deadline to begin with as Mm -hmm. far as like earth shattering moves like Giolito, you know, who the Angels got. The Dodgers been connected to him. He was considered like one of the high end pitchers out there. Like Mm -hmm. Giolito's today, notwithstanding. Yeah. Giolito's fine, but like he's not some. All all these guys become overvalued when there's nothing out there. It's not like people look at Giolito and go like, oh, that's a guy that can turn around your pitching It's like looking at the housing market. If there's no inventory, the house that is available, all of a sudden it's like, hey, I can make this work. Wow, look, it has this feature. It's like, yeah, but if there were other homes available, you wouldn't even be looking at this. Same thing with the Lakers when they got D'Angelo Russell and all the guys they got at the trade deadline. It wasn't the same. It was the same kind of maybe underwhelmed feeling at the time, too. And who knows what they actually look like when they're on the field, when they're on the court. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the deadline with the the NBA started happening a little bit before that. Because remember, like, Durant got moved to Phoenix like yeah. a couple days before. Really, it was like two weeks yeah. before. Mm-hmm. But, like, to be, without knowing all of whatever prevented Andrew Friedman from making certain moves or whatever... It was not a particularly splashy deadline to begin with. It's not like there was a lot of action happening, yeah. and it felt like Friedman was on the outside looking in. Well, and the Dodgers were involved with a lot of different players. Yeah. So it's not like, again, it's not a team that was just sitting back doing nothing. Right. It's just you're looking at the results when the dust settled and said, wait a minute, what do you mean the Dodgers didn't end up with better pitchers to help uh, a pitching staff right now that's obviously and if struggled. it's a seller's market, you're going to try to not give it to the Dodgers because the Dodgers are a great team. They do things well. You probably lose that, you know, lose that trade. And so it's a lot of these options where like the if you're the Mets and you have every option available to you, you're probably not going to want to do the deal with the Dodgers if it's a comparable trade that the Astros could give you. Sure. Um, okay, we we got to go to break here for two reasons. Number one. Um, DeAndre was trying to tell me about something that D'Angelo Russell said on the Pat Bev podcast. Um, when we come back, I want to take a listen to that. The other reason why we got to go break is because all three of you guys got Pizza Hut during the break and I didn't. So I'm going to go get some Pizza Hut. If the Pizza Hut's gone, then I want you to save me the crust because I'd like a couple bites before we get out of here. All right, we'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sleeve Show, 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Jorge is basically a DJ back there. He really is. Good it's, DJ. It's like the perfect DJ. Oh, you guys like the beat? Oh, cool. Thanks. Not enough Taylor Swift, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, <laughs> add that Add that to yep. the Sorry, Miss Hebel. Yep. Hey. <laughs> Shots. It's all good. Forget Outcast. She wants uh, I need every she segment. Wants Roar! All right, shout out to uh, Pizza Hut here. Um, about to get in on this. The fact that even, Emily, you jumped in on, so I'm throwing it up here on YouTube. The fact that you jumped in, and I could even hear the point you were making about the Dodgers. Yeah. And I could also tell that you had just taken a bite, too. And I'm of like, course. okay, so you're going to make your point while eating Pizza Hut as yep. well? Of course. Well, you it's, wait. it's that good. I can't wait. Fair. And I got the Big New Yorker, the pepperoni slice. I got little, yep. like, those curled pepperonis that are always great on, on pizza. But, yeah, their Big New Yorker slice is nice because it's, like, so big. It's bigger than an average slice, so it's awesome. I did a little bit of everything. I got mushrooms on here, some green peppers, Ooh. some onions, some pepperoni. What's the dessert? A brownie? Is it a brownie? Oh, I actually haven't looked. Uh, I haven't looked. Whatever, okay. Emily, yeah. you can't finish. You bring it home later on. Floor pizza. Floor Ayo. pizza. <laughs> Done. Simple as that. Yeah. All right, ESPN LA and Hollywood Park Casino are giving 12 fantasy football commissioners a chance to win a fantasy football season experience, including the ultimate fantasy draft party for their ESPN fantasy football leagues and weekly prizes throughout the season. Register now at ESPNLA.com. Scroll for the Hollywood Park Casino logo, and we'll see you on Friday, August 18th at HPC. Hollywood Park Casino, eat, drink, and draft. Um, okay, I haven't got a chance to listen to this, but we were uh, we were talking about it. I was teasing it here before the break. So D'Angelo Russell was on the Pat Bev on Pat Bev's podcast. Um, let's take a listen. I think kind of trying to justify it sounds like a little bit of his performance this year. Take a listen to uh, D'Angelo Russell. And you don't really see him in the summertime, all that, but in the season, know. like. This might have been the best year D'Lo ever had, like shoot wise. And they ain't talking about it, bro. And no one's talking about it. Like, bro. I gotta do, Pat. Y'all want, me to, <laughs> y'all want me to play point guard? I play point. Y'all want me to play shoot guard? What y'all want from me, man? Like for I'll real. Be thirty for free, forty for free. What y'all want? It might be one of two minutes too. <laughs> he can do that. Hey, the man was shooting I, like I'm just forty. Stay humble. 48% from the three-point line at one point, like, halfway through the season. Some wild Like, I'm just going to stay humble. Head down. Keep grinding. Go, just get more text. Just get more text then. Get more text. Yeah, you get true. it that way. Yeah, you, I feel you like you're never day. getting text, bro. You're, you're, yeah, just get more text. You get more text, yeah, you go, <laughs> man, what's up with D-Lo? Yeah, that's what's up. I'm on that. All right, that's uh, D'Angelo Russell with Pat Bev. The beginning part of that, that did not even sound like D'Angelo Russell. I was like, who is that talking? It's James Harden. (laughs) (laughs) Harden was singing. Seriously, I was like, who's this person talking? When are they going to let D'Angelo talk? Well, uh, okay, first, I got a couple thoughts on this. 
you could tell, listen, this is a – sounds like two guys that have a relationship together. Yeah, they played together, I believe, in Minnesota. But the the shooting the you-know-what, and it's a podcast, so you're able to definitely be as Dude, honest as possible. The you Pat can- Bev podcast is where Minnesota Timberwolves go to declare themselves legends. Like, remember Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns is on the Pat Bev podcast right. talking about how he's going to be remembered as a big man who changed yeah. the game? Like, if you want to be seen as, if nothing else, a great – current or former Timberwolf, yeah. you join former Timberwolf Pat Bev can on I, his podcast. Can I give you a perfect example? YouTube component? Of the, there uh, is a YouTube component. Monday through Friday. I'm going to give you a perfect example of the two the two organizations that you're talking about. If D'Angelo Russell was doing what he was doing in Minnesota and shooting the 40-plus percent from three, listen, D'Angelo, regular season, he plays 17 games for the Lakers in the regular season. Remember, one of the first games that he's playing with the Lakers, he gets injured against the Warriors, turns mm-hmm. his ankle, so he's out for six, seven games, whatever it was. D'Lo on the Lakers in the regular season, um, I'll take those stats. D'Lo in the regular season doing that for the Minnesota Timberwolves, Timberwolves will take those stats. Things change when you get to the playoffs. And I, I got to imagine D'Angelo Russell understands that for the Los Angeles Lakers, especially when you're making a deep run, it's not apples to apples. That ultimately, once you get to the playoffs, whatever you did in the regular season is going to be forgot about. I'll give you a good example on this. Rui in the regular season for the Lakers, the 30 games he played or whatever that number was, he was okay. I actually didn't think I didn't think there was anything crazy that Rui I, was doing. I, I, think it was a little bit misleading but he was certainly more impactful in the playoffs much more impactful in the playoffs and what happened because of what he did in the playoffs he ended up getting a great sizable contract for him three years 51 million whatever it was I think D'Lo's got to understand when he says what more do you want me to do I'll tell you what every Laker fan and I guarantee you that front office wanted D'Angelo Russell to do be good enough on the court in the playoffs that they don't have to take you out of the game this wasn't a situation with D'Angelo Russell where it was, hey, um, Dennis Schroeder's playing so well that D'Lo can't find the floor. No, it was a combination of D'Lo. You're not, you're not a threat. You're not hitting your threes. You're a liability on defense. Bruce Brown's going out of his way afterwards to say, yeah, we're just targeting D'Angelo Russell. And his percentage was so bad against the Denver Nuggets that you literally couldn't have, couldn't put him on the floor. He had moments against Memphis. He had moments against the Warriors. But there was nothing consistent from D'Lo in the playoffs. And against the Denver Nuggets, he was really bad. So when he asks, what more do you want me to do? When the moment is big and the brights are as li- the, the lights are as bright as can be, you got to deliver and he didn't. So that's what I would tell him what he needs to do. Well, I think two things can be true at once. I think D'Lo's first two rounds in the playoffs are underappreciated. I think he was better than a lot of people perceive it. He had moments. No, I thought he played well on balance in both of those rounds. I mean, he played like the guy that you would expect to be like the fourth best player on your team. I think he played at the level like a fourth best player. He was terrible against Denver. And I think the re- because he was so bad against Denver, and because D'Lo's always been a really polarizing player anyway, yep. like his entire career, I think it's overshadowed what he did in the first two rounds. But it doesn't change the fact that he was a problem against Denver. Can you Denver. sell me? I, I, it's a problem. Can you sell me on the first two rounds? I feel like, it, am I taking the, he am, had a, am I misinterpreting it as you're overselling him? I thought he was doing what he was brought in to do and somebody that's making 
thirty million dollars. Who cares? I mean, who cares? He did, the Lakers didn't give him thirty million dollars. Somebody else gave him thirty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Still making thirty. Well, it doesn't matter though. Like he was. To me, once it's somebody else's contract, unless you're bringing in that guy as like a long-term piece, long-term contract, yeah. which the Lakers knew, everybody knew, whether D'Lo was re-signed, ends up somewhere else, whatever, he was not going to be making $30 million on his next contract a year, period, no matter where he went. He was probably, I think most people thought he'd be around that, maybe that 25 range, 22 range, something like that. Something like that, but even home. that, I I thought that was probably too high. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be about where he landed right now. But like he was whether he was making 30ish million or not, he mm-hmm. was slated to be like the fourth best player on this team. I thought the first two rounds he played like the fourth best player on the Lakers. He I don't was, think he, I don't think he was more impactful than Rui in the first two rounds. Um and Reeves on, was his own player. It depends on the round whatever goal. he did. Rui was not that impactful against Golden State because the matchup was not good. For him, I, I think D'Lo was more impactful against Golden State than Rui was. In the first round, Rui was more impactful against Memphis, but D'Lo also had a 31-point closeout game for that series yep. against Memphis. I think the first two rounds, he was fine. It was that he was so awful yeah. against Denver. Like, he was unplayable against Denver. And that's a real problem, and I'm not trying to spin it in any other direction. He was that bad. Yep. But I think he can still have been good in the first two rounds. Yeah, it's it, and I think listening to that quote, I think what he's saying, what more do they want me to do? I guess I mean, know, I'd love to hear the whole conversation. Sure, sure. I'd and love ma- to hear and maybe and maybe there's maybe there's there's some subscribe. stuff. Maybe there's some stuff that's <laughs> missed out. Smash that uh Pat Bev button on smash. YouTube. Smash it. But I, but I think anybody that looked at D'Angelo Russell when the season ended, I think you had a perception on him, maybe unfair. But I, I think the Denver series is a good example of just don't 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 be the third best player. Don't be the fourth. Just don't put yourself in a position where Darvin Ham can't play you because in the most important series, obviously for the Lakers, they get swept. And I'm not telling you, listen, if D'Lo is a different player, maybe they're losing in six games. I, I don't know what it was. Denver beat the Los Denver's Angeles Lakers in four games. So let's not pretend that they didn't do that. But I think the what more do you want me to do falls more well, to, well, D'Lo, you didn't do anything against Denver. Here's the thing with D'Lo, too, and this is where he gets himself in trouble, and it's something he needs to be more self-aware of. Mm-hmm. He is somebody that I think likes to exude confidence, probably in part because he recognizes like there are certain things that other guys in the league can do athletically I will never be able to do. Sure. So I have to maintain my level of confidence. Mm-hmm. But like you were there at the exit interview. When D'Lo described his game as nice mm-hmm. afterwards, talking about, like, I know who I am as a player, like, I know the things I do well, kind of talking about this, like, you know, I got it all sewed up. Not the right time. Yeah. The time for a lot of this is what actually, I think, makes it bad. Whether whether you think D'Lo is making some good points or not, now is not the time to be yeah, taken up for yourself. Well, yeah, what's that want from me, man? That doesn't even sound like him. That sounds like him. It sounds like a Muppet. It sounds like I can almost see him doing it, too, on the pod. But, like, the voice, though. Like this, you know? The voice sounds like a Muppet. Like, who is that? James Harden. She already said. She already said it. It's James Harden. Um, All right, we got the dump coming up next. By the way, uh, Cooper Cup hamstring injury. We'll get a little bit into that. Big Ten presidents discuss adding more teams from the Pac-12 and a bunch of other stuff. Stay right here. 
Uh, this is the Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. So I get my Taylor Swift count in and here. Ten. Uh, yeah, we're at ten. So this song is "Wildest Dreams" by Taylor Swift. It's it's disrespectful <laughs> that you, you tell us. We know. <laughs> of course, of course. But fun fact: she samples her own heartbeat in this film. So in in this uh, song. So the beginning of this song, you hear like this, and right now underneath it, it's her own heartbeat, Taylor Swift's heartbeat that she um, samples. Interesting. You would think. Your initial thought would be that's like a bass drum. 12? Right. Yep. Yep. And so that's 12. Taylor Swift's uh, heartbeat that we're listening to. So there's 13, it. and I have my 13. Which mentions. means by definition, 13. it's also Emily's heartbeat. Well, I'm gonna Their make heart's it, beat is one. I'm going to make it 14. Taylor Swift was generous with truck drivers responsible for hauling her equipment over the country for the Eras tour, gifting each driver with a $100,000 check, according to TMZ. Um, that's really cool. Is there anything worse than, I mean, she obviously didn't have to deal with this. Anytime you move, what's worse? What's worse than, than moving your stuff? What's worse? Going at, yeah. I mean, going and grabbing a U-Haul and having no idea what the hell you're doing. You're driving like an idiot. <laughs> Yours was easy. Yours wasn't hard. Like we had just a couple items yeah. and Trav obviously, you know, the guy's, been in bodybuilding competitions yes. and everything He's a else. Athlete. So for him, that's where he is right now. He He's does competing. all. He does all back. You know when they say squat, like so you just don't hurt your back. He goes all back, <laughs> right, all time. Um, pretty damn nice gift there we, from uh, from Taylor Swift. We moved last year, and the movers called that, us. <laughs> the movers that it was the day of the softball game. Ah. so unfortunately, no one would have been available. That's no, why. I that's why I wasn't at uh, the first softball game. Mm -hmm. I was moving. The movers that came by, mm -hmm. they were the these Ukrainian guys. One of them, I'm not joking, he was literally built 
like an upside down trapezoid. It was incredible. Like he was, he was picking up these shelves and basically oh like slinging them over his shoulder. I remember there's a few times I'm like, do you need me to help you lift that? Like, no, no, it's good. Probably it's good. took it as like disrespect. I think he did. Like they take out, I mean, it's totally unenvironmentally friendly, but they take out this protective tape yeah. that they wrap oh, around yeah, your yeah, stuff. Yep, yep. And this guy was like wrapping entire dressers in like a minute and a half. It was, it was unbelievable. So then they could just bang into anything and nothing matters. Yeah, I mean, like, we were like, oh, God, we got a lot of stuff to move. They're like, this is nothing. You're fine. Winning time producers hope to have the show go through. Um, they're trying to get one for the Kobe and Shaq era Lakers. It makes sense. Uh, most of this stuff is based off the writing of Jeff Perlman. Yep. Jeff Perlman has a really good right. Kobe Shaq book, so I'm not surprised. All right, I'm curious. Is So season two is coming out, I think, pretty soon. On here, Sunday. Right? On Sunday. Okay, so season two is coming out on Sunday. Um, is there another era of basketball or another storyline? So try to think of any storyline that you want in the NBA. They're already doing the 80s Showtime era, so that one's obviously gone. Um, you can pick... Hey, I want a winning time type of program on HBO for the Jordan-led Bulls. Hey, I want that for the Golden Braun, State Warriors. Braun and the Heat, Golden State Warriors. Is there anything more in- that could be potentially more interesting or better better storyline than Kobe and Shaq? Because I don't think there is. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Y- no, in the sense that there's already so much inherent drama with that. Like the storylines are very very oh, yeah. out there and they're real and they're juicy but they're also stuff that have been really well documented and told at this time mm-hmm. like it would be interesting to see it recreated but dramatized right and the way they did winning time with you know the showtime era sure. there is definitely even if you thought you knew a lot about the showtime era they don't have to play the whole showtime era right you know? but I, i'll be honest and i, I like winning time mm-hmm I don't feel like I learned anything from it. If anything, there's a lot of inaccuracies to it. Like you don't go into watching Winning Time to learn anything. But I think that's the that's part of what you accept with Winning Time, right? That you know that you're not watching something saying, "Oh, okay." Is I mean, it, even actually, it was kind of funny when Winning Time was going on. John would point out Lakers actually won that oh, game. There's, like there's things that obviously don't they went line up so far out of their way to create like this dramatic tension of you know that first season. That Jerry Buss had the Lakers, like, you know, can they win some games? Can they make it? They, they were dominating that whole season. Like John said, there were games where they presented that they lost, that they actually won. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they faked, to be honest, a lot of drama. Not saying it couldn't be entertaining, but a lot of it's faked. To me, as, long, the- as long as we know that, right? Like, that's okay. I didn't have an issue with winning time because I didn't watch winning time saying to myself, this is an accurate portrayal sure. of how that era I don't think was. they were always as upfront about that as they could have been. Mm. But to me, to back to your original question, though, and again, I, I enjoyed winning time. I'm looking forward to season two. The Kobe Shaq, if it ever goes that far, that's tailor-made for this. What I would love, though, for the winning time treatment is something dramatic that it doesn't feel like we've already heard as much of the inside of it. Like something where it feels like you're getting something where you didn't know as much. Like the KD, Kyrie, Harden, Ben Simmons, Nets. Okay. That would be crazy for a winning time because we know that's already a but, nuts story. But that's crazy, but I think you could do that in a more actual documentary format because we don't know enough about it. I think you can exact I think the exaggerating portion of this is what 
has kind of lured me into what <laughs> to what waiting time is. Yeah. I don't need it to be as long. But you're right about maybe they weren't as upfront in the beginning. I, like, I don't think they were at all. We're exaggerating here. As long as I know it's exaggerated. Also, good luck to whomever is going to play Kobe, especially in this town. You have a lot to live up to in terms yeah. of like the personality inhabiting what that is. And so many people will hear and across the world that know who that person is. Sure. Obviously, that's the same level on Larry Bird and, and Magic Johnson, of course. But for Kobe, it'll be very different. That's, that's a different level. Oh, yeah. I agree with you on that. That is some pressure casting. How cool is this? Emily was telling me about this this morning. Jamaica for the World Cup, the women's uh, World Cup team for Jamaica. They had to launch a GoFundMe to help pay for their trip to the Women's World Cup. They just knocked out Brazil, and they're headed to the round of 16 for the first time in the nation's history. Remember, How I, cool is this? I mentioned this, I want to say either earlier this week or on Friday with the market. I think it was Friday last week, yeah. Bob Marley's daughter, Bob Marley, for people who don't know this, was a massive soccer fan. That's like, right, yeah. He There's... loved to watch it, he loved to play it. Like, if you ever look for Bob Marley's shirts, like half of them are him playing soccer. There's some documentaries of Bob Marley, and yeah. some of those documentaries are real footage of him playing yeah, soccer. Yeah, he was a yeah. massive soccer mm -hmm. fan. Biopic coming out this year yep. That's right. Bob Marley. Yep. Yeah. His daughter... I believe her name is Sadella. She actually has been instrumental over the last several years of helping get funding for wow. Jamaica's national women's team. Like she's actually, in a lot of ways, kept them alive. And clearly, it's paying off. Mm -hmm. That's a cool story. It's that, really, that really cool. is, and the fact that they beat Brazil of all countries. Uh, just from the history of Brazil, uh, the the interest of soccer in the uh, in Brazil. Um, Emily, can you help explain? Well, they actually they, they had a draw against Brazil, but they got ahead of Brazil. So they beat Brazil into the knockout round, got but it. they had a draw against them. Can you explain this zoo in China? All right, so has anybody yeah. seen this? Okay, so this is a video that I will attempt to describe. So it's a bear that has very thin fur and looks like almost like wrinkly skin, but it'll stand up and stand like a human. So it like looks up, come, turns its head, turns its head, and then it comes down, looks like a bear again. And so China had to come out and deny that this is a human in a bear costume. But if you see the video, it looks very much like that is a human in a bear costume. I've never seen a bear look like that. Okay, in my did you see life. the video or no? I I have not I had saw, a chance. To I'm see with it. you. It's almost scary how. <laughs> It looks like, like once you see it, you can't unsee it. That's a human in a bear costume. Looks like somebody's basically in a costume. Let me see if I can find this quickly. And I want them to do something like this in like the San Diego Zoo or something, and have just like a, a human in a orangutan costume or something in one of the exhibits. I I've I have like a seventy-ish pound pit bull mix at okay. home, and oh yes, you've told this story before, but keep telling it. One day, I somehow I don't know how I landed on this, but I got in my head the idea because it's a big dog, that the dog was a human inside a dog suit. And I've never been able to fully lose myself of this thought. So this is your dog? It's my dog. My dog, Bobo, who looks like James Garner. Wait a minute. Is that why, why <laughs> Bobo is the commander in chimp? Is that where you got no, the name? No, 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 no. Bobo... That's a chimp. No, Bobo... <laughs> no, Bobo... <laughs> this is a coincidence. When we adopt, when we adopted this dog from the foster people, right. his name had already been Bobo. But had you already written Commander and Chimp? Uh, oh, this was going AK, back. Okay, I feel decades. like your stories. I don't know if I could trust your story now. <laughs> so, do you just name all 
all uh, animals Bobo? I did not Wait a minute, name. Is the, the hell is Bobo going on? Dogs Bobo? Yes. Do well, you have no imagination? A, he claims this is a coincidence. It is a coincidence. It's a lack of imagination. Well, well again. If you get a cat today, you're going to name it Bobo? <laughs> Bobo no, the I cat. will not. Bobo the dog. <laughs> Bobo the chimp. Bobo, like, you're like, my new son, Bobo. You're George Foreman. He named all his kids George. <laughs> Look, Bobo. What the hell is going on over Bobo there? Bobo the okay. chimp was because... The president at the time, his name was Bob Johnson. So the okay. typo that the scheming vice president came <laughs> yeah, up with yeah. to lead, to make himself eventually You're president. You're backpedaling. Because the typo, no, this is the truth. He no. pu- he made a typo with he Bobo names, Johnson. He names all pets and animals Bobo. I wouldn't do that. It's so undignified. <laughs> I wouldn't do the that. The third Kamenetsky, Bobo. <laughs> Andy, Brian, mm-hmm. and Bobo. But I've had in my head that Bobo is actually a man in a dog costume. Yeah, that's I impressive. can't get rid of it. Yeah, that's I, impressive. I, I hate to leave the Bobo chat. Let's do some super cross talk. Take it away, Bobo! Bobo! <laughs> so what was the Barbie review at 1.30? Uh, I liked it. Have you seen it? I've not seen it. Andy, I'm going to see Oppenheimer right? today. Yeah. I did not like it as much as Andy and Mason liked it. I said on okay. a, uh, if I was doing like a Rotten Tomato scale, I'd give it an 80. That's really good, It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mace said he'd give it a 90. Yeah. And the only reason I would give it an 80 is because I'm a big Kate McKinnon fan. Mm-hmm. I like Margot Robbie. I like Will Ferrell. I like Ryan Gosling. So I threw in five points for the likability of the actors. The movie itself is probably a C. Eh. But uh, a C. 75. Harsh critic. I'd say 75 is the movie. You but just went from 80 bonus, to 70. Oh, I five see. Five bonus points for the likability of the actors. Okay. Yeah, that's Good. what I would say. And see, if your girl wants to go see it, you can score some big points. Yeah. It's very empowering to women. Um, and if you want to go see it, it's very empowering, empowering to me too. To you, Slee. No, it's, it's okay to no, see it. Not. It's okay to see it alone if you it's, want. It's I okay did, to be did, a guy and I see it. I did go alone. Bergman was afraid to. He's yeah. afraid that he would get labeled or something. I, we couldn't figure labeled. it out. Labeled. Um, but were the seats assigned? Yeah, but I mean, I went at a time when there weren't a lot of people. But I, I again, I went a week into it. I think the people that really wanted to see it all saw it in the first week. Was, Although its numbers are kind of holding up, right? It did like ninety five million. It had this a weekend. great it had second weekend. Unbelievable hold. I Andy, mean, I'm assuming. So did Oppenheimer, by the way. Had a tremendous tonight. hold. I'll are you? Tonight, yeah. It's really good. I'm assuming you went to, and I don't know the circumstances of when, when or how you went, but I'm assuming you went with either your wife or your daughter. Went with both. Went opening weekend. We saw a morning but, show, but you went to an earlier show. They went later. <laughs> now, yeah, that <laughs> right. that would have been if i could have seen like i told lisa as soon as i got out i said you should take your nieces to this movie if i could see it through the eyes of the women in my life i think i would have scored it mm. i mean i wanted mm. to see it anyway like regardless just yeah. because i like her as a director i, I like her like wig it's a really and smart script i was gonna I mean, say once it became clear that they were doing something really different well, it's, a, yeah. it's a satire for sure yeah it's and it's weird i mean it's yeah. a weird movie that somebody's imagination went wild on uh by the way i went to see oppenheimer Okay. At the Alamo Draft House. Let's oh, yeah, go. It's your first time Downtown there. LA. First time there. My Is that with the, God, the big seats where everybody falls asleep? Well, it's, it's got the recliners. It's got uh, so much really cool movie signage and movie mm. memorabilia all over the place. Yeah. The picture, perfect. Uh, the sound, perfect. The popcorn, excellent. Uh, unlimited popcorn. Unlimited popcorn. Bottomless popcorn. How about that? But you can barely ever get to the bottom. There's so no, much popcorn sudden, in there. And it comes in a big bowl and you're picking up. I, I just love the Alamo Draft House. I, I loved my old theaters in uh, Palm Desert. They were trying to be what the Alamo Draft House is. Mm. And they have like... So... Um, they have these things. Like, if you go there 30 minutes beforehand, they open the doors for the theaters. Right. And so 
typically for with bigger movies, they'll have tailored pre-trailer videos that are hints for what's happening in the movie. Mm. So like I saw this um I saw the Timothy Chalamet movie that that cannibal movie last year. Yeah. And they played a music video of a song that's prominent in the movie. Oh, so like okay. They, so I get there half an hour early, I order my food, and I see stuff that'll give me hints for what to look for in the movie. And I think that's really ingenious and really cool. Everyone's a great server there. I love the Alamo Draft. By the way, how do you feel about that? The the idea that, because Alamo Draft House does it this way. There's a menu sort of tucked under the table. Uh, there's a piece of paper and a pen or pencil. Uh, you write down what you want off the menu. It's sort of lit down so it's not interfering with other... Uh, moviegoers, then you press a button, then somebody comes and gets the piece of paper, then piece of, the food comes back, whatever you happen to order, and I'm wondering if, for me, this it wasn't distracting, but I imagine for some people it is. I would find it really distracting. You've been yeah. to iPick? You guys been to iPick? Been to iPick, yeah. Isn't iPick much more distracting? Because iPick is, I, I've, I've said this, we talked about this, whatever it was, six, eight months ago, I go to a movie, and the server comes by, and he's kind of really oh, loud. Oh, no, he's, yeah, he's loud. He's They're talking loud. normally like yeah. we're at a restaurant. I'm trying to whisper he's loud. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in, in the middle of the second act here, dude, I, I don't I don't care that that guy wants cheese fries. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> part of the reason you go to the theater The writing get, thing sounds like a better solution. I, I feel like the reason you go to the theater is in very large part to get completely immersed and lost in it. Like, you know, you're, you're shamed if you, you start using your phone, that sort right. of thing. I feel like the draft house thing, while it might be nice for the individual person getting the food or whatever, it sounds distracting. It's way more, imp- I'll tell you, Alamo draft house, way more impressive than I thought it was going to be. It It's really, really cool. We were um, we were just talking about winning time. So Sunday, right? Yeah, Sunday, I, season I got, two. Seen Mason's season two. actually seen Already season seen two. Okay, yeah. so there was. You couldn't get hooked up. I didn't try. Oh, you didn't try. I decided try. Okay. I'm just going to wait. Yeah. yeah. But do you Question. remind him? Well, of- what's, here's what's weird about it. So I I watched the entire season two. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna go back because I know Mondays we're gonna talk a lot about that particular episode. So I'm gonna go, go watch back and watch that episode so I know what everybody's gonna be talking about on Monday. It is it is so good. It is so good. So we we're saying. So I guess there's a report that they're gonna try to potentially do a Kobe and Shaq era, mm. right? Of winning time. Of all the different storylines that you could come up with, think of the NBA. It could be, and again, this is obviously dramatized. This anybody that was watching Winning Time saying that, hey, this is exactly what happened. Right, Jerry West probably never crawled. Probably not <laughs> in his underwear on his uh, hopefully apartment not. floor. Yeah, but if there's any other storyline era of basketball, is Kobe and Shaq the best one of a Winning Time type of show? Or is it the the Jordan Pippen era, or is it the what are the couple others that we had? I think had? the Heatles would be a really fascinating, oh, that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Would Co- Kobe Shaq be the more but most w- interesting one? Seriously, I, the part of the reason why Winning Time works is that the casting is so good. Yeah. Um. The the, the guy who plays Magic, I think his name is Quincy Isaiah. Yeah. He looks just like the amazing. guy who plays Kareem Solomon Hughes. These guys are really good. How do you cast a guy to play Shaq or Kobe or Kobe? How do you find the guy? That that is going to play, but I bet those we would. Roles. I bet we would have said that before they cast before Magic time. and Kareem. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So, but Shaq is so thick and so big, yeah. and so I mean, where do you find that guy? It's also harder, I think, because those guys were more recent. Yes. So your memories of them are more fresh, mm-hmm. and you know, in a lot of ways, you know, the whole Showtime era—that's very mind's eye as opposed to like really 
fresh to latch on right, to, right. which I think makes it a little bit easier to cast. Do you think, uh, John, do you think anybody has seen it over there? When I say over there, I mean, you know, in the Lakers beehive. I don't know. I think they can get it. They can yeah, get access sure to it. Can, they're, yeah. that, they're connected. But as you know, they weren't crazy about it because it competed directly with their Hulu project. Right. Maybe now that the Hulu project is over, they'll be more receptive Although to at it. some point, Jeannie came out and said she thought John C. Riley should be nominated for an Emmy. Yeah, he, got, he didn't even he get got nominated. snubbed, which I thought was ridiculous. But uh, somebody came around over there a little bit on the show. It is, you know, I, I, I understand, you know, certain people are... You sensitive know, I, about yeah i mean jerry mm-hmm. west is at the supreme court right now but <laughs> but i do i do understand sort of that squeamishness about it but i think in the end it's good for the brand it's good for the lakers brand that is a big national tv miniseries well i think the thing that we all have to remember from like the perspective of jerry west or any of these other people who don't like it they're not characters in their own life you know what i mean like it's not right it's not easy for them to just treat this as, oh, well, Jerry West is a character in winning time. Because I've, right. heard, I've heard people make that defense where it's like, well, just relax. Like, it's just a character in this thing. It's like, well, no, it's not a character to me. That's me. Right. I actually thought about that, the the you know, in, in the first season of winning time, and Mace, I assume this continues in season two, mm-hmm. they have a young genie, a young Linda Rambis, yep. and a young Lon Rosen. Yep. And I thought they, I mean, I... I my phone's probably going to ring in a minute and they're going to say, what are you talking about? But I, I was, I kind of liked the way they came off. I thought it was kind of well, cool. I mean, Jeannie was treated as a 17 year old wunderkin. Of, I mean, well, nothing to complain about on her, her part. Her wunderkidness uh, <laughs> continues in I, season two. I also thought it was kind of cool to know that, you know, Lon's now running the Dodgers. Jeannie yeah. and Linda are instrumental in running the Lakers. And it was cool to see that they yeah. were on the ground floor and they they have this institutional knowledge. Like I can't imagine anything now could surprise the three of them. Mm-hmm. They've been through everything. Let me ask you, the Claire. What does Claire? Claire Rothman. Say? Rothman. I know Claire. Okay. So she plays a significant role in season one and in season two. I I, right. I, I never knew about her until winning mm-hmm. time. So I'm glad to hear that because I actually thought Claire Rothman got kind of short shrifted in season Did one. You? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought she came off I thought great. she came no, off I didn't great. say she didn't come she off. She wasn't there enough. That's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. I okay. didn't say she didn't come off well. I'm saying I think there was a lot of stuff that she was likely more involved with that they didn't include her enough in winning time scenes. I'm not saying she didn't come right. off well. You know, yeah. I thought you Gabby, know her? Uh yeah. Gabby Hoffman. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I know, I know Gabby Hoffman, but I mean I know uh uh you know yeah, Claire. I'll tell you a funny story. I would love to, Claire would she be good in the Culture Pop podcast? I don't know. I'll find out. Yeah, find out. find out. I would love that. I think that, as you know, getting actual Laker people to, to talk, talk about, about winning this. time yeah. Yeah. is... is, is has what does she do now? She's retired. Retired. So one time, uh, I'm friends with Joyce Sharman, Bill's mm-hmm. widow, and she, she's like the nicest lady ever. So one time, they there was this banquet mm-hmm. that Joyce was in charge of, and she said, I need you to MC this banquet. And... She said, we have several people. We're giving a big award to Jerry West. I said, okay. And she goes, we have five or six people lined up to talk about Jerry. So, um, and and these were like prominent people. Claire was one of them. Mm-hmm. Byron Scott was there. Worthy was there. Right. Uh, and so each person was going to go up, talk for two or three minutes, and we're going to bring Jerry up. And Jerry's sitting at my table. And Claire gets up and is effusive about Jerry. Yeah, yeah. And then Byron gets up and talked about how his career never would have been the same without Jerry. And Jerry looks at me and he goes, this is ridiculous. I'm going. 
And I <laughs> going. Went, I go, you're going where? He goes, I'm going up there. And I went, he goes, I'm not going to sit through that. They're talking about me like this is my funeral. And I go, Jerry, you can't. They've got like, they, they brought they put together they brought a show. people in yeah. to to promote this. And, and I go, you can't. There's like big names, like Vidi's coming up here to do it. And, and Jerry goes, I don't care. I'm going. And I went, what do I do? And I bolt out of my chair. And yeah. I get up there. I go, I go, ladies and gentlemen, we've all come to honor him. He's ready to talk. Jerry West. And Joyce and Claire look at me like, no, 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 you can't let him go. Blah, blah. I go, he's Jerry West. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Jerry gets up and he just kills it. Hmm. Like he he was unbelievable. Yeah. For like 45 minutes. And then everybody said, well, that was that was 45 minutes. Yeah, he was great. Uh, I don't minutes. have 45 minutes. And that's like the Kamenetskis at the Mandy it Awards. Was. It was 45 minutes. It was very reminiscent of Andy They had 45 the more minutes yeah, I mean, of material. 45 is a little short you for You had a lot more yeah. material, right? You were going to do... We, we actually did. Yeah, I believe it. We I, did. And Can, you know what? And I, Morales gave you a bad rap. It was very funny stuff. We were laughing a lot at our table. Yeah, yeah. but Chris, Chris never said it wasn't funny. He just no, he just said it's long. Yeah. And it's Can enough we, already. He got he got like a big hook out. You know what that means? off the stage. All that means is Chris is like, this is my time Correct. on the stage That's that you're right. taking from me. This is my I show. I sympathize with Chris here. I've been, like Mason and I argue over this. Mason believes that at the Oscars, everybody should be able to talk as long as they want. Yes. If you do that, it will run until two in the morning. Yes, as somebody, which is fine. As somebody, it's not fine for the TV people. Well, it's fine for the people in the industry who actually care about the awards. I don't think right. anybody else does anymore. I don't well, think it's I, a, right. I don't think it's a national average Joe. I'm going to watch this show. I show. think in ten years, most of those award shows are going to move to a streaming platform. Right, and and, and then you'll get what you want. But I mean, ultimately, in the end, it comes down to, uh, it it comes down to the the fact that the people that watch aren't. You know, Joe Public in Missouri or in the middle of the country—it's—it's it's people in the industry. Well, the show is meant for people right, in the but industry. But you're dodging the the big issue, which is they sell those commercial spots and that newscast right after the Oscars for right. triple the money they normally do. You're if talking about you, the local news. Every station in the country, right. every ABC station in the country, right. they make their regular anchors come in on a Sunday night. They make a big deal out of it. And they sit like like uh, in L.A., Channel 7, George Pinocchio and all those guys do like a post-Oscar show that right. They, That's right. they sell for a ton of money. All that money goes away if they do what you want. Yep, I say Can, do what you want. It's, it's for the a, movie it's the business. Same like you and I have always, we've done. Mason and I one time did twenty four hours straight on That's the right. radio. Mm -hmm. Another time, like we've gone commercial free like several yes. times. We would do that anytime they would let us. They don't. They make us take breaks because this is a business. That's why you can't have everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think in one. the end, it's not. It's not a network TV property. Can, and what, by the way. Who cares if you're on network TV anymore? Yeah, it's different. It, it really is Look, different. Nothing rates the way it used to. No. Period. Other than except this. Live sports. Sports. Yeah. Sports. Except sports. this. But even sports, if you look at the, you know, baseball, basketball, you look it's the at NFL the NFL and, everyone else. and, yeah. and everybody's sort of in so one I read thing. A, I read a big article today, you know, the, the reason there's an actor strike is because all these digital companies have come in, these streaming platforms, and they're not paying the actors. Um, I read a long article about Netflix yesterday that came to the conclusion, and this will be really interesting for people like us, came to the conclusion that Netflix has raised their price every year for the last three years. Okay. Mm -hmm. This take on this article was they can't raise their price anymore because they're not offering anything new. They have to get into live sports. Right. Because that's the only way. Incentive for others for, to pay for, more. For people like me and you to pay yeah. more money. 
Um, they the sh- only one that's done it is Apple, right? Yeah. Amazon has. Oh, Amazon has, has Thursday, Thursday Night Football, football right. and they're coming with, yeah. with more stuff. Um, but I think pretty soon, live sports is the great elixir. It's the one thing that you can have. Like if you have the Super Bowl, yep. if Amazon ever gets the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. then people will buy Amazon Prime. Like tonight, Lionel Messi's plan. In Miami. It's yeah. his third game. By the way, this is a really good question. I'm in the same boat. Like, I would like to watch Messi tonight, but I'm, I've am i got Apple, but then i got to buy the MLS, MLS inside the Apple. Yeah. Correct. Um, and That's what the Pac-12 is going to try to do, right, by the way. It never yeah. will work Brilliant. For Brilliant. But every, I want to see that. Arizona. And, I want to see that uh, Arizona-Washington game. State game. Yeah. Let's say you and I pay whatever the Apple price is to watch Messi tonight. Yeah. You know he gets a cut of that. Yeah, yeah I know. every single yeah, subscriber. Do you realize the Pac-12 will get a cut of every subscriber they get on Apple? Right. You know, 14, why do I want to watch Oregon State you play don't. Cal? Oh, I those never... two teams get together. Did you, hear what, did you hear what Paul Feinbaum said this morning? Oh, oh he yeah. ripped them. It's here if you guys need it. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like, some somebody please throw dirt on this jump, conference. Jump ship, basically, yeah. is the what he's saying. The minute SC and UCLA, it was over. It was over. I refuse. There's nothing to do. You can't compete without the LA market. I refuse to end today's show without Brian playing you guys I just want you guys to appreciate the music you're about to hear and then guess who it is Brian if you can please play it okay well it's very over modulated what NBA player do you think this is is someone who cannot sing it is definitely not Dame Lillard he also can't play defense does that help Oh, no, what you got? Yeah, you got the chorus down. Is it can't play defense? He can't stay on one team for longer than a year and a half. Is it close? Close. It's not Kyrie? Is it Harden? Yes. James Harden, everybody. James Harden. (laughs) By the way, those two clues, can't stay on a team for very long and don't play defense. There's only two players. Or like, it could only be those two guys. We're we're up against it. We had to give it to you. If we were playing Password, those were excellent clues. Yes. I'd enjoy the music in the background. Super Cross Sox is brought to you by in and out Burger. In-N-Out Burger, that's what a hamburger is all about. Mason Island, coming up next.